Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast, where you learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in. Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike, Mike Zlatnik, and today it is my uh, distinct pleasure and a privilege to welcome back my really good friend, Ryan Parson. Hi, Ryan. Hi there, Mike. Thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be here with you and your listeners. Thank you. You're a regular. <laughs> We're doing this every couple of months because you have such a great uh, wisdom and so much knowledge, and uh, you're evolving and you're improving your business. You recently launched a registered uh, investment advisory. And um, so let, let's jump straight into this. Talk a little bit about your launch of RAA. Uh, how, how has it been? Well, thank, thank you for that, Mike. And again, I, I appreciate being able to have just these open conversations with you. And, and, and as always, you know, you and I are just having a conversation and just sharing our opinions. It's not specific investment advice or tax advice or uh, legal advice by any means. So just, to, you know, to, to put all that out there, if you need any of that, you need to seek out the, the resources of qualified professionals to do that. But, um, you know, th- this is a, an interesting environment, Mike, you know, coming off of the last two years, you know, not, and not and not just because of the pandemic. I mean, that's been obviously, as you've so uh, eloquently spoken about over the last two years, the black swan event. And it's changed all, all businesses, uh, either good or bad, or, um, you know, and it's changed all individuals, good or bad, or, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that's impacted all of us. And I, and I, and I look to the, 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 you know, at the clients and to the clients that we've served and, you know, some of our families, Mike, and I say families, clients that we've served for, you know, a, a really, really long time, their needs have evolved. And I think one of the biggest, uh, you know, things that we've, you know, are, have always looked at, but over the, 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 the recent uh, couple of years, uh, be it pandemic or just be it the massive political and economic and social changes that are taking place, our clients' needs really determine where we go. And that is really part of the reason why we've realized in order to be the best service that our clients are looking to and how they've evolved and however that they've evolved, uh, becoming registered uh, with the Securities and Exchange Commission allows us to do uh, an enhanced level of service that we just couldn't do before. And so everything has really been in response to where our you know, current clients are needing to go and wanting to go uh, as we you know, receive introductions uh, to new families that are you know, particularly those families, Mike, that have a, a, a heavy concentration in alternative investments and usually real estate, uh, obviously, that's uh, near and dear to yours and my heart, um, a heavy concentration, making some of these more technical wealth strategy and wealth planning decisions has just become a bigger task than, uh, you know, what a lot of, uh, you know, really successful families start to realize they may not have the internal expertise or even the desire or the time to make themselves. And they, they need a, they need a partner, you know, that can really help think through and look through that. And I think that's been a big, 
uh, element of change that I've noticed with the high net worth families that we serve is that, um, you know, we need more of that, that greater team and that greater level of one-on-one personalized support around them than, than what they've had or uh, even felt maybe that they've needed up to this point. That's great to hear. And it makes total sense. So let me ask you that almost a direct question. Um, is this because the level of services that require, that require essentially, they come forward to you and say, Ryan, I got all this pot of money or pot of assets and I need investment advice. And in order to give investment advice, you have to be an RIA because financial planning is a little bit different. So just, just shooting it straight up. An RIA opens a whole new set of things you can do for them as an investment advisor versus a financial planner. I assume that's basically what it is. Yeah, I think that's a great starting point, Mike, because really when you think of either financial planning or wealth management or investment advisory or any of those words, they have very broad definitions and very, you know, everyone might describe them a little bit different. And uh, some of those uh, differences um, have different implications and not just from a, a regulation or a registration standpoint that the law requires, but what the expectation is of the client and what they're looking for. And so all of that, Mike, you're right. There, there's uh, being registered, you know, with the SEC, certainly, you know, f- from a compliance standpoint, allows us to do uh, uh, more things, you know, for a client that might want to. But one of the best ways I can really describe it, Mike, and again, this is just all part of what, we, what we've seen and, and learned over the years, is that high net worth families, and when I talk about that, Mike, I'm talking about individuals, entrepreneurs, high net worth families that are already successful with their wealth. And so they're, they're not necessarily, uh, you know, just getting started, uh, although we all just got started somewhere, what we've, you know, realized those that we can make the biggest difference with and have a significant impact on their lives are already successful. And it becomes more about preserving the wealth than necessarily growing it. Although a lot of our families still want to keep growing their wealth, but they've, they've, they've really gotten to a point where it's about the wealth preservation. And when I say wealth preservation, Mike, that in and of itself, you know, extends way beyond just investments. That wealth preservation, you start thinking about income tax implications, wealth preservation, you start thinking about uh, legacy transfer and estate uh, uh, implications. When I say wealth preservation, you start maybe even thinking about what that means uh, for some of your greater aspirations in the planning world of charitable giving. Um, cash flow uh, strategy, how you work with the other professionals on your team, be it your accountant, be it your deal sponsors, be it your estate planning lawyer, be it um, you know anyone who touches your wealth. And so I think the the, the families you know that we serve in this broader element, Mike, about what it, it's not just. Uh, an investment advisor anymore. It's not just a financial planner anymore that may be able to be a little more broad. It's not just a wealth manager. It's really something more about that. It's an elite wealth manager. And it's really for those families that have ascended to where we feel we can best serve and what we call those families needing a personal CFO and are really at the 
cusp of needing to operate like a family office or what we call a virtual family office, that's truly comprehensive today in understanding everything that touches their wealth, which uh, really for a lot of successful families, while investments certainly are important and they are, there's so many other implications to preserving the wealth and growing the wealth. And that's really where, you know, we, we, we find uh, ourselves in the, that lane that we really like to run in and really, Mike, in a personalized one-on-one support type of an environment. Um, and, and we, 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 we think, and we see, you know, with the, it's kind of interesting, you know, talking about the information age that we're in and the data marketing and, you know, really the internet's barely, you know, been around for 20 some odd years. So it's, I mean, still a recent thing, but it's, it's inundated us all with information. And a lot of times a successful investor, successful individual, entrepreneur, high net worth family, kind of wherever you're at in that, often feels like there's competing information. And yeah, and so, and it's not necessarily that the information is wrong. It's just when you get to a point with your wealth, you've got to understand how all those moving pieces interact with each other, given your goals and your values that you have. And so I think that's probably where, you know, this idea of becoming a registered investment advisor is to be, um, you know, a, a, a better practitioner for our families to help them decipher this wide range of information that they're hearing from any source and what does it really mean for them and their situations of what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, let me explore a little bit more on that. So it's sure. a great commentary. Uh, so a couple of quick follow-up questions. So number one, we're dealing with a period of uh, substantial changes. You said <laughs> there's a, one, one thing that's certain in this world is change. So uh, we're dealing with uh, changing sort of um, tax environment. So some of the laws that are being proposed, and we're recording this in middle of October, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. And when this episode airs, um, the uncertainty of the uh, tax environment and the tax increases, the impact on self-directed IRAs and and such can impact wealth um, quite a bit. So I wanted to see... What are you doing today to um, basically plan, plan better, what discussions you're having, and a couple of other quick uh, follow-up questions. So you mentioned something about uh, working with the families that have ascended to a certain level. So what is that level? Um, just mm-hmm. Is there a good number? Um, family, it's usually called high net worth. So what is high net worth? Is this 20 million, 10 million, 50 million? What's the threshold? Just, just curious. You don't have to give me exact number. Just kind of typically what kind of families uh, at that point wind up needing a personal CFO services so that they can do all the planning for them um, on a family CFO level. And then back to the information age. Mm-hmm. So there's a massive information overload today, the information left and right. What do you do to help your clients better dissect what is information relevant to them and does impact their situation versus so many bright and shiny objects? There's a wild west out there. And uh, it's almost like you said, you need a financial, uh, you need a 
you know, a personal CFO. Well, people need a personal CIO, chief information officer, because there's too much information out there. So information needs to be filtered and screened only to the relevant content. So sorry, it's a bunch of questions in one. Uh, you got the floor now for the next, I don't know, however many minutes. <laughs> no, I, I, that, that's, I think those are, those are great questions, Mike. And it's a, another reason of all these years that I, I just so much enjoy listening to you and learning from you too, because as, as you've always said, it's not uh, always about the answers. It's about the questions that you're asking. And, you know, it, it, it reminds me, you know, sometime if you, go way back in, in school, you know, it may have happened in junior high, may have happened at high school, may have happened in college. Uh, I remember for me in, in, in college, you know, my professors would ask the same question on some of the midterm exams year after year after year. And it was like, how can you keep asking the same questions? Everyone's going to know what the answer is, you know, because it's the same question that the same professor asks every midterm exam. And, you know, what he always said is the answer is changing. You know, the, you know, the answer to some of these questions is changing, Mike. So you're always asking really great questions. And sometimes we, as, you know, kind of the nature of being human beings, we think there needs to be different questions or we think that there needs to be um, always something new or to your point, we kind of get enamored by the shiny object. And a lot of times, Mike, it, it, it seems like and feel that we, we lose track of some of the basics or some of the basis and about what it is we're trying to accomplish. And you know, that really that basis, uh, you know, from a wealth perspective anyway, really isn't even so much about, you know, how big our wealth is, you know, how many commas there are, or how many accounts we have, or how many investments we have. Um, it's not even so much necessarily about how the wealth was created up to this point. But it really is when I talk about the basics or the foundational, some of those basic questions we should be asking ourselves and how we support our wealth throughout all these changes, you know, that are going on around us, most of which we can't control. Um, it really starts with our core values uh, as a family. And it really starts with what our goals are that we're trying to accomplish. And, and when I talk about values, Mike, I'm, I'm not talking about, well, I'm not going to invest in, you know, uh, anything that invests in alcohol or tobacco, you know, the sins, you know, so to speak. I'm not talking about those types of investing values. I'm talking about really what our core values are as people. And, you know, in this, in this day and age, whether it's information overload or it's the keeping up with the Joneses or it's the shiny object investment or whatever it is, I can tell the families that are really true to themselves are been very true to their values of whatever they are for themselves or or as a, as a family unit, and you know that that's been um, one of those things we find ourselves having a lot of uh, conversation about again here as of late with our families is have the values changed for whatever reason or are they still the same values which is fine too. And is that guiding your investment decision? Is that guiding your tax planning? Is that guiding your charitable giving strategy? You know, and, and going back to some of those basics. Um, so I think that's a that's a, a an element that drives to your question. 
when do you realize you might need to or start to need to consider having a personal CFO as part of your holistic, you know, wealth strategy and, and wealth team, so to speak? I think that's one of those things uh, to be considering of. And then the second thing, speaking about goals, is really do you have clear goals? And Mike, you're you're a businessman. You run a you run an excellent you know small business operation. And for most of us in America, that's where a lot of our wealth is at is on our small business. And that's how a lot of wealth is created in this country is through small businesses. Um, and you work with a lot of different types of small businesses that are investor clients of yours at Tempo um, in all different kinds of industries. But it really is small business. And at the business level, we're usually pretty good about setting goals. You know whether it might be X amount of revenue or X amount of profit or X amount of clients, whatever the targets are with respect to any particular business. On the personal side, though, Mike, that tends to be a little bit more difficult. Um, and there's there's a lot of reasons. And I'm certainly not a psychologist uh, by any means, although wealth and psychology tend to have a pretty uh, close uh, <laughs> a connection there in a lot in a lot of cases. But you know, setting goals personally, you know, because we're kind of taught that, you know, you're, you, you can't you be selfish, you know, you got to think about others, you know, and you start thinking about everyone else beside yourself sometimes. And so these goals in constantly revisiting them and seeing whatever they are and having very certain targets on the personal wealth side, Mike, can become a little bit more difficult to do. So we try to find ways to simplify that and what those goals are while keeping it simple and elegant, but realizing it needs to be a regular discussion, though, too, with the, the, the stakeholders within the family, you know, whether that's the spouses, maybe it's involving kids, maybe it's involving grandkids, whoever it happens to be as life evolves and as life goes on. But I, I think for those families that have realized they, they need that personal CFO, they they become much more in tune with their values and goals, and that helps drive and guide some more of these decisions to bring some of the clarity around it. What are some of those things you do next with the wealth, you know, once you're true to what your family core is? So it's not so much about the number, um, you know, that that makes it, but it, it's starting there. But but typically, Mike, well, let me let, let me pause there and let, <laughs> let me let, let, let me stop there for for the moment. Yeah, right. What you said makes total sense, right? It's it's basically personal values and family values, and some people write family constitution and so on. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll drive, um, uh, I guess, the evolution of a family and the next set of needs. Uh, and obviously, as life events happen, uh, things change, and that's why your periodic reevaluation, I think, is important mm-hmm. from that perspective. So. Uh, completely in agreement, and you, you may be right. It's not a, it's not driven by a number. It's a, it's where the families in their stage in life. Uh, at some point, uh, people get older, and they need somebody to help them with the financial planning. Mm-hmm. Well, the kids may not have the experience, mm-hmm. you know, in that financial planning arena. So, totally driven by family objectives, goals, and needs. But let's switch to the question of kind of where we're at today and how you're dealing with this. Um, so we're, we're dealing with a changing tax environment, right? At least the proposed changes. And during the period of uncertainty, you, you, you don't want to make knee-jerk reactions. You want to wait until kind of the rules of the game are solidified to whatever degree they're, they're going to get solidified. 
Uh, but what are you doing right now to plan, to help plan folks for next year? This is in the start of Q4. Uh, what is certain something is going to pass? Probably some level of tax increases, some level of capital gain increases, some level of income tax increases. What's going to happen with IRA accounts is one big unknown because these proposed change, changes are so fundamental. So obviously, step number one is wait and see. But can you do something in between now and then? So I'll give you an example, right? So real basic idea. I don't know if you've exercised this and it really depends on who your, your clients are. But uh, if folks haven't, if they're in high income bracket, these changes, some of these changes go through, ability to contribute to Roth, to Roth IRAs will go away. Ability to convert to Roth IRA will go away. Do you basically suggest, hey, if you have an open traditional account, traditional, open it now, convert, as soon as possible to Roth, at least have Roth account set up. Some basic rules like this. These are simple steps, but some of them could be fundamental. You have a substantial traditional account today. Is this the right time to convert? Take a big step forward, convert today, pay a substantial tax bill this year, but have a, a big Roth in the future. Even if they put limits on the Roths, which is what proposed 10 or 20 million, this proposed to be some kind of a limit, still a big enough number, right? It's it's a pretty substantial number. So any specific thoughts on that front, anything you're doing now with clients, just practical advice. Yeah, it's 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 a good discussion point. Not, not advice, practical discussion. Just to be very yeah. clear, we're giving no advice. <laughs> so, you know, you, you've used the word, you know, several times since we started recording here about a plan about planning, having a plan, how do you modify the plan? And I think the basis of that starts there because a lot of times, especially the wealthier you are, you know, and that's, you know, kind of all relative for all of us. But, you know, the old saying goes, you know, most of us don't uh, plan to fail, we just fail to plan. And in the in a really good economic run, generally speaking, that we've all experienced at least since the 2008, the last big you know market uh, cycle uh, that's gone through, we've been on a pretty good long economic run, and that's that's caused what what I think we would say is a lack of planning because we just kind of go to the next deal or the next shiny object, as you said at the beginning of the, the recording, Mike, or we go and just react to the things and we, we tend to operate in silos because, you know, generally speaking, all has been well and we've been able to uh, piecemeal a plan. But a plan is something that is really thought out and architected before, you know, I, I shouldn't say before, it's just it's a plan is something that's thought out and architected and starts to contemplate different what ifs before they happen. And so it really, you know, with what, you know, Congress is proposing, you know, with all these tax law changes um, at all different levels, you know, these amounts, like you mentioned, Mike, IRAs, Roth IRAs, uh, income limits, you know, all of those types of things. Having had the the good fortune for so many you know a couple of decades now of working with high net worth families, one of the things that I can see those families that have been the most successful realize that they don't let the tax tail wag the wealth dog. Oh, I love that expression. This is this is this is co uh, copyright Ryan Ryan Parson. This is uh, don't let the wealth the, the, the tax tail wag the wealth dog. Love that yeah. expression. <laughs>
<laughs> and, and, and yeah, those are probably the way I can surmise it uh, the best anyway. But what we know, as you mentioned, change is inevitable, Mike. And, uh, you know, Washington um, is just made up of a bunch of human beings that have a bunch of different competing agendas and competing priorities. And obviously, um, you know, taxes and, you know, doing different things is kind of the topic du jour. And I'm certainly not saying that to downplay it. It is a real thing. And I think it's indicative of, you know, wherever, you know, gets whatever gets passed may not be completely in the current form that we're hearing about it, but it's on it's on the way to that. And so one of the 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 things that I think we always have to be careful about, and you alluded to it, is making changes to a plan based on a regulatory environment that doesn't quite exist yet or that hasn't been passed or isn't in existence yet because <laughs> most times uh, if you try to uh, um, uh, outguess or try to think that Washington is going to be smart in what they're doing, uh, they will not make a smart decision. And uh, if we try to get ahead of that, uh, too far ahead of that, that can actually cause more detriments to our plan than it can cause benefits to our plan or adding in protections to our plan. So, one of the ways, though, that I see a lot of our families looking at this with, you know, calm, in calm and clear and collective heads, realizing that, you know, if you, um, you and I both have some friends, Mike, that are pilots, and we just had uh, one uh, such pilot uh, at uh, uh, speaking to us just recently. And uh, for those of you uh, in your audience that are pilots will know this. I'm not a pilot, but if all of us, what he said was. If all of a sudden there's a, 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 a catastrophic change on the aircraft while you're flying it, you know, cockpit goes down, whatever happens, what pilots are trained to do is nothing. The moment a catastrophic situation happens, they're trained to do nothing, meaning they stop, they take a breath and assess what is happening so that they don't lose control of the, you know, the emotions, they don't lose control. My God, everyone's going in a thousand different directions and no one really knows what the problem is or what the issue is. And I think that's a great analogy, uh, you know, for us to think about from our wealth standpoint, when we see these massive, you know, sucker punches, you know, coming potentially, or these really dramatic things happening, sometimes we have to stop and take a breath and assess what could that mean if it happens. And one of the ways that we, we, we see doing that, Mike, is through what I call stress testing. So before you go make a massive shift in either in your plan or put a massive, uh, uh, you know, maybe strategy or technique in your place or a blocker strategy, so to speak, to deal with things, what you got to do first is stress test to go, well, what's the worst case scenario? And overlay that, put it into your plan as a stress test and a variable and go, if this happens, what does this make our net worth look like? What does this make our cash flows look like? What does this make our estate plan issues? What does this make our income tax? And then through, of course, working with the other professionals within your virtual family office network to really look at that and go, how big of an issue is it? And it may, I mean, and I'm not suggesting what's going on isn't a big issue because it is a big issue, Mike. We just have to understand 
how big of an issue is it to each individual situation? Because depending on other strategies and techniques you may already have in place, it may not be as big of an issue as it is because those types of scenarios have already been contemplated. And I think that's the biggest thing when you have a plan in place that's according to your values, your goals, your risk tolerance, your types of investments that you like to make and are comfortable with, and you've thought through some of these things, when you go in stress test these new proposed types of regulations in place, then you can truly start to see or have a better glimpse into what the actual impact is to avoid planning in a silo. Yeah, that makes total sense. So uh, love the uh, comparison to an airplane. Um, obviously, when when a critical situation happens, yeah, the first thing you do is you you, you don't do knee jerk reaction, sudden moves. Um, but I'll um, I'll use a little bit of different example. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, I do have a friend who is a pilot, and um, there are situations where they absolutely have to be very quick, mm-hmm. react to what's happening out there. And uh, a very simple example, I have a friend who flies, uh, I think, 737 or 747, and they land in Newark. And Newark Airport is known for strong winds. Mm-hmm. And on landing, when they, it's a critical event, boy, I mean, he says, him and the co-pilot, they sweat pretty hard when there is suddenly a gust of wind and they have to correct. It's something that, uh, but you, you have to catch what, what has happened. You have, to, you have to realize what has happened. And, and, and correct. So there's just a um, little different comparison. There are situations when you have to be very uh, reactive and responsive in the situations where you have to take the time and assess. Yes. So uh, the stress testing idea makes total sense. Uh, maybe these changes are not going to do too, too, too much damage to what you've got. Why, why make sudden and, and mm-hmm. potential changes? So I do like the idea of a stress test uh, as an exercise. Uh, right after it is clear what these changes are going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is just to take the time to review what you've got and how it's being impacted, right? Mm-hmm. And then what moves need to happen. So mm-hmm. if some for some reason, for example, this legislation with IRA accounts not being allowed to invest in uh, 506 deals, essentially anything that requires accreditation, um, it'll be a very uh, substantial and a major impact on the investment strategies and existing investments. We all hope uh, and pray that it's not gonna happen, but if it does happen, at that point, there comes the stress testing and analysis what to do. Uh, so it's, uh, I really like the idea of a stress test. Um, we kind of, as they say, all good things must come to an end. So we're running out of time. Uh, so quick uh, final thoughts, um, remind folks, uh, it, you, it's a new name. It's it's now Sunlight Peaks. Um, is is this nothing has anything to do with the fact that you're in Colorado and you have a lot of wonderful uh, peaks over there, and most beautiful state in the country. That's why the name of the RIA Sunlight Sunlight Peaks. How would people find you if they wanted to chat with you about the services you provide? How you can help uh, their family with their financial needs planning. Uh, family CFO and so on. 
Uh, yeah, sure, sure, Mike. And I appreciate that. And yes, uh, for, for those of you that know, I live uh, out here in the mountains of Western Colorado, uh, where it uh, does my heart good uh, to to be in the open air and the fresh air and the, the beautiful Rocky Mountains. But uh, yes, we do have a sunlight peak uh, here in Glenwood Springs. And so there's a little bit of that that, that comes through. A lot of our clients uh, seem to find themselves enjoying the great Rocky Mountains too. And uh, kind of uh, as we've, uh, we're just uh, talking about from an uh, analogy standpoint, you know, it's always sunny above the clouds, Mike. <laughs> and so trying to keep uh, your wealth above all of this and uh, where, where, where it's sunny um, is a good thing. But we realize, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of peaks and valleys and a lot of issues that need to be uh, dealt with as well, you know, dealing with uh, wealth too. But anyone who wants to reach out and have a conversation with us, we'd love to, Mike. We, we, we love working with you and Alina and your entire team there at Tempo and uh, your investor clients as need be that find themselves. Our, our website, sunlightpeaks.com uh, is a great place to start and uh, happy to uh, uh, visit with anyone that, uh, you know, is finding themselves with a, you know, a complicated situation about their wealth and just want to start kind of talking through that and uh, seeing what uh, possible solutions may exist there. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate your wisdom, your sharing and um, stress test. <laughs> People are going to think about one thing from this podcast, hey, if the changes happen, how run a stress test on your on your wealth and see how it's it's going to impact. Um, so great wisdom, and of course, don't let the tail of a wealth dog, <laughs> don't let the tail, the tax dog, the, 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 the tax tail wag the wealth dog, <laughs> tax tail wag the wealth dog. No, appreciate you very much. Uh, until the next time. Thank you. Thank you kindly. Thank you for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Fun Book, head to BigMikeFun.com or visit Amazon and type Mike's slot name. Keep listening and keep investing Big Mike style. See you on the next episode.